Welcome to the Magnificent Vibes Podcast, where we talk about sports, music, media, and stuff that you might or might not care about. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing the Rajon Rondo-Chris Paul incident during the Lakers game on Saturday night, along with discussing games that matter to us after week one of NBA basketball. Along with that, in the NFL, we're going to talk about the Eric Reed-Malcolm Jenkins incident and also the Bears-Patriots game. In our Magnificent Vibes music table discussion, we'll be giving out true hip-hop stories involving our CD collections. And last but not least, we're going to be talking about the restaurants that we hate the most. And also, we're going to be handing out the Ain't Nobody Coming to See You Otis Award. Find out who as you kick back, relax, turn your volumes up in your cars, in your homes, or at your workplace. Tune in, listen, vibe out, and enjoy. Yo, what up, what up? What up, yo, yo. what up? What's going on, my brother? Man, not much, man. How about yourself? Man, we shouldn't have left you without a podcast to step to. Exactly, exactly. Man, it's uh, we skipped the day, but hey, we not going to miss out on, on, on giving y'all a, a hot show, fresh out of the trunk. <laughs> you know it, man. You know it, man. We got some interesting things going on in the NBA, man. Nations <laughs> okay. are built already. Oh yeah, I'm rubbing my hands right now. You know, I'm getting, I'm ready. You know, I got the Ghostface Killer hands rubbing, rubbing. You know, at the beginning of the Cami video. You know what I mean? If y'all know, y'all ain't up on that video. Uh, look it up real quick so you can see Ghostface rub his hands together, look like he about to plot something. You know, at the beginning of the video. You know, that's us. Do the research. Do the research. I, I'm rubbing my hands together like Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot Birdman got that that gif that uh, that's real popular. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Wait, wait, real quick. Located? You said what? Where you located, man? Man, dude, I'm recording live from the wonderful 79th and Ashland. Oh man, you on the nine today? Yeah, man, on the nine, man. You got a vest for right. You brought your vest for, for right. For right now, man. Till I get out of Dodge, man. I'm actually, I trying to hit, get, make my way over this nice, safe, high park. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, man, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pray for you right now because, uh, hey, and you on Ashley? Yep. Oh man, dog. Hey, hey, is uh Rose out there? Is who? Is Derek Rose out there? Oh no, man! Folks ain't out here. I think he, I think he a little further down. I think he on Polina. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. He on, he on Sunday night in Polina. <laughs> oh, I know he, I know his, his border stretches out pretty, pretty far. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is this is this is folks something ground over here. Man. <laughs> Speaking of Derrick Rose, man, he actually looking pretty good so far. But hey, we still got to stop watching on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, he he gonna look good for about. I give him about ten games, <laughs> and then and then <laughs> something else gonna hit him. He's gonna get that general soreness again. <laughs> right, right. Cool. Before we get to... real, real, real quick, yeah, go we, ahead. Before we kick off, man, I want to send a shout out to all my Kobe's out there who don't do their quarterly meetings on time. <laughs> 
Y'all didn't do y'all's. Hey man, we 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 slacking, man. We slacking. Oh brother, oh boy. No. <laughs> y'all ain't got no appointments. <laughs> right, right. What's up with that? CEO, the CEO looking at y'all report like, uh, man, y'all got like like y'all got like fifty brothers in here, man. Only three servants. What's up with that? <laughs> they ain't plug. No, <laughs> they ain't plug, yeah, man. <laughs> got sisters carrying the mics, adjusting. The <laughs> <laughs> Doing the sound <laughs> behind the literature counter. Yeah, behind the literature counter. What's going on? <laughs> I thought this change, this all these congregations was going going increase the the brotherhood, man, not the sisterhood. <laughs> hey, man, it is what it is. I thought. I mean, I thought I was in the United States. I'm in South Korea. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mean, out here in Singapore. <laughs> Oh man, well, bet, bet. that's that's a nice shout out. I got a different shout out. I want to shout out our boy, uh, and I forgot to shout shout him out the last show. Um, he plugged us in on, on um, vibes and stuff. Big shout out to Jamil, big homie. Of uh, course, of course. Yeah, my my um my official co-host for uh, vibes and stuff podcast. So shout out to him, man. Most definitely. Thanks for the support. Yes, definitely. And um, one more shout out I want to give to uh, one of my clients that I cut, a uh, big hip hop fan. His name is uh, Reggie. Uh, he's big, uh, not Reggie, uh, one of our fellow friends, but another client that I have named Reggie. He's a big hip hop head. He really, really enjoyed the show. And he really enjoyed your input on a lot of things too. And he said you were hilarious. So, ah, um, oh, that's what's up. Shout out to him. Yeah, definitely. So let's get right into it, man. We got a lot to lot, lot to cover today. So we gonna get into Spitgate, man. Rondo versus CP3. <laughs> oh man, man. Did, did you I see it live? You said what? Did you see it live? I did not see it live. I did not see it live. I, I saw it like basically right after it happened, though. Like, because uh, you know the internet is undefeated, man. They they was buzzing about it immediately, and I think I can't remember. I don't know. Somebody was it you or someone else who sent me the footage like right after it happened? Maybe it was Vic. Maybe it was Vic. I think it was Vic. I didn't see the footage. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. But um. But yeah, man. Um. Dude, I ain't seen a fight like that in a long time, man. They was landing them punches. Man, man, that was that was really, really. This it shocked me because I actually I'm gonna get into. I got a reward coming up later on at the end of the show, and this is dedicated to the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm a dedicate. I'm a wait for that. I'm a, I ain't gonna attack that right now. But all I'm gonna say is, I fell asleep in the second quarter. I woke up the next morning. I got alert after alert after alert. Rondo fight. So you know who I look up? I look up my boy. I don't know if you up on his YouTube channel, but Chris Move. This. Oh, dude, I heard of him. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, his his. I don't watch. I don't I don't watch NBA highlights. I only watch uh shut up Tracy McGrady. He came on look at it. Um anyway, he get, I watched his highlights because he got he has excellent commentary to his highlights and he he was cracking up just showing the, the all the melee, the punching and uh, Brandon Ingram who was way out of control didn't need the push James Harden, you know, he was just mad because James Harden was cooking him the whole game. Yeah, Rondo gets mad at Chris Paul because Chris Paul was cooking him the whole game. And it's like, 
Next thing you know, then the infamous spit happened. Now, I didn't see it live. I kept watching it over and over again to see if Chris Paul really got spit on. And you saw him wipe his face, then point real aggressively at Rajon. And then the next thing you know, Rajon hit him with that that uh, Chris Childs revisited. <laughs> the Chris Childs remix. Yeah. <laughs> And the next thing you know, uh, punks go jump up to get beat down, and you know, it, it was just. But the one thing that I thought that you texted me about, the, the, this is the first thing that you texted me about when I texted you about the incident, and I told you I wanted to talk about it on the show. Do you remember what you texted me? Um, I actually don't, man. I, I just, man, well, I never know what. Boy, man, I be, I be drinking, man. <laughs> well, well, listen, well, listen. You text me. In respects to a certain basketball player that plays for the Los Angeles Lakers, that oh pretty- about Lance Stevenson, yeah, yeah. What was your yeah. take on Lance so, Stevenson? I'm, all this? Yes, yes. I'm sure everybody saw Lance Stevenson being the team leader that he is. You know, he stepped right in there. He, he got in yep. between uh, uh, Brandon Ingram and that ref, and, and you know, he got him. He got him physically uh, uh, extracted from 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 the from the from the tense situation. Showing yep. cool, showing that he's a cool, calm, collected individual and a, and a born leader. You know yep. that's that's what we that's what we that's that's why Lance is the captain of the team, man. Because you know LeBron, man, he gonna you know where was LeBron at to do that? You know, <laughs> nowhere to be found. But yet, but yet, Lance Stevenson right there plucking his teammate out the melee, showing true leadership skills. That's why he's my pick for MVP already. That's why they lost the game. <laughs> the, ball wasn't in, the ball wasn't in Lance's hands enough. That's why they lost. Yeah, yeah, true enough, true enough. And even, honestly, this is the most underrated thing that the Lakers are not doing when they're when it comes to the few Lakers games that I've watched. Lance Stevenson can play the point, everybody, the last time I checked. When Rondo got yeah. infected, why wasn't Lance Stevenson out there playing the point? Very, very, very good question, man. Very there good question. balls out there. Lance Stevenson... Lance Stevenson can run the point uh, 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 running backwards. <laughs> that's that's how talented he is, man. Yeah, yeah. And you, and, and, and you mean to tell me that, you know, you couldn't use Lance Stevenson to, to keep the momentum going after he was a hero and, and, and breaking up the fight? Like, come on, man. Like, come on, uh, Luke Walton. What, what, what you doing? What you doing? <laughs> Now, 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 in, in regards to the fight, you know, we, we, we never promote violence on Magnificent Vibes podcast. Uh, we, we, we know uh, in, in, in any situation, violence is not the answer, but it is funny. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And I thought every minute of it was funny. I, I didn't. Here's, the, here's another problem that I have with both of these teams. I, before I get into that, I read an interesting, you know, YouTube comments are the best. I read the funniest YouTube comment in regards to this fight. So somebody captioned it when Rondo and Chris Paul was locking lips and trash talking and everything. And somebody made a comment quoting Rondo. Rondo saying, no, we're going to get swept by the Warriors. And then here Chris Paul said, no, we going to get swept by the Warriors. <laughs> And then Rondo like, no, 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 homie, we don't get swept by the Warriors. And then Chris Paul was like, what? And then the next thing you know, Rondo was like, I said, boom. And then 
All right, man. Hey, that's what it, that's pretty much what it's going to amount to. That's what it's going to amount to. Yep. It's all said and done, man. But uh, the whole thing with the thing that uh, worries teams and why they both aren't getting off to a good start this year is because I don't see any type of leadership besides Lance Stevenson. On the Ron James side, I felt like, you know, a lot of people were coming to his defense, you know, because there were people chirping on the internet. Oh, why, why, why he pulled back Chris Paul and not pulled back Rondo? That's his teammate. Uh, and then people were coming to his defense. Well, that's his homie and that's his banana boat buddy and all this other stuff. Hey, man, hey, man, y'all could be homies after the game. Exactly. Um, last I checked, Rondo was wearing a Lakers uniform and LeBron was wearing a Lakers uniform. Exactly. Like, like, pull your teammate, man. And, like, if I'm, if I'm Chris Paul, and my boy on the other team is holding me back, and the guy I'm fighting with gets a shot off, gets a jaw shot off me, on me, I'm gonna be mad at the other dude pulling me back. Cause it's like, man, dude, I like let me let me handle this, let me mix it up. I know we boys, but like I gotta handle this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also another thing that people don't talk about is the fact that Melo was on the court too. He friends with both of them too. Melo supposed to jump in and, and hey Chris you know let let Melo handle that you know y'all exactly. always on that banana boat together Carmelo's included let Carmelo as if you're LeBron James let Carmelo handle y'all, y'all all cool let Carmelo handle the homie you control your team you know what I mean he didn't do that he's just the extra and, and I'm saying you know, people always then there's the argument people say oh well when a fight breaks out, you grab the first person that's next to you. True. Got I, I got you on that. But the extra after that, that's what I didn't agree with. I don't mind LeBron James pulling back Chris Paul and all that stuff. But the walking along with Chris Paul on the sidelines, like, what's going on, baby? What happened? Did they, what, what, what he did to you? <laughs> he, he touched me. He, he, he punched me in my face. Oh, I'm so sorry. Go tell Mike Green and Mike, Mark Jackson that Rondo spit in your face so it can be announced on TV. Like, yeah, I didn't come like on, you. LeBron. I, I didn't like that. I, I get it that Chris Paul is the president of the of the uh, Basketball Players Association, and he's got a little clout in the league, but come on, man, come on. Like, yeah, he what he did, he, he definitely walked over to the announcer's table and, and made his case, you know, for what happened. Um, yeah, and LeBron was right there with him when he should have been with his teammate, calming the situation down. You got Brandon Ingram trying to be uh, a poor man, Steven Jackson, trying to clear the whole lake clear the whole Rockets team with haymakers instead of you know just calm them down man calm them down calm your teammates down and, and, and regroup and look what happened they lost the game after that they lost the momentum they were coming back and it was a winnable game yeah. and it was a winnable game yeah and so um, real, real quick what I want to say about Brandon Ingram man you know it's all good that you got you know you got spunk and sand and you're willing to you willing to, to, to throw them hands, but like Brandon Ingram, man, you need to get in the weight room. Yeah, dude, come on, man. Like come get on. in the weight room first, dude. You, he look like <laughs> he look like a uh, he look like a uh, like olive oil out there swinging on people, man. Like <laughs> he look like 
he looked like uh, Groot, the, the teenage version of Groot. It's <laughs> 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 like, the face, bro. Like that's yeah. that's why he was getting muscled. He, yeah, exactly. You know, he all he's he's a little too uh, um he's featherweight, man. He's featherweight. Like I know he got some height on him, but mm-hmm. man, dude, get in the weight room, man. Another problem. I could probably knock him out. <laughs> Hey, little folks will probably knock him out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that I, I'm i pretty disturbed about after all of this is the amount of suspensions people got handed. I feel like Adam Silver is trying to protect his brand. I've seen way worse suspensions than, than this with way less worse fights if that does if that makes any type of sense um yeah like like i actually for once i actually thought the suspensions were appropriate like brandon egram got the biggest suspension uh four games because he was the biggest instigator he started it and he escalated it um you know rondo played his part so he got three games Chris Paul was just kind of defending himself, so he got two games. I actually thought I actually thought the suspensions were appropriate. Now, if this was like during playoff time, like yeah, this this is too much. Like like two, three, four games is too much. But the fact that it's the beginning of the year, I actually thought the suspensions were appropriate and actually commiserate for like you know what each player did. Mm, but well, that's just that's just me. Well, Draymond. He definitely didn't agree with the suspensions. He called it garbage. He said it was a little bit of a double standard. And, you know, Draymond Green's had a history. We all know Draymond Green's had a history of, you know, getting suspended for a lot of petty stuff that he starts. So um, what do you think of Draymond Green's comments? Wait, wait. So what did he say again? He said... He called it, that was garbage. Here's what, here's what he quoted. He said, that was garbage. I'm never in favor of guys losing money, but I got suspended in the NBA Finals for attempting to punch somebody. Guys punching each other are getting two games or three games. I attempted to punch somebody and not in the face either. It seems a little bit of a double standard going around this thing. That's just me, though. I could be wrong. I don't got all the answers. End quote. Um, I actually disagree with Draymond. Like, I, I think that I, I think that if you're going to suspend somebody for swinging on somebody, like the finals is not the time to do it. Like, like hold the suspension off till the till the following season. Like, right. I, I think that suspension just had just way it, it turned that whole series around. It turned that whole series around. Um. Cause, cause the uh, the Cavs were able to bounce back for that game five or whatever, and you know, what was it? No, I'm sorry, game six, and then eventually, you know, win the game or whatever. But um, or win the series. Um, I disagree with Draymond. Like, I I think the I think the suspensions were appropriate, man. Like, I don't, I, I got no issue with it, man. I got no mm-hmm. issue. I my only issue with the suspensions, I felt like Brandon should have got more. I feel like ten games. Would have been enough. Um, Rondo should have got more than what he got. Chris Paul got enough because, again, he was defending himself. So two games is respectable. I get, you know, I get with that. I just feel like you, 
just you just don't spit in somebody's face, man. That, that's just a, yeah, yeah, man. That's that's illegal in some states, man. Because exactly, like, you can you can transfer like mono to uh, to somebody by spitting on them. Exactly. I I just feel like you know if not, he should have got the same type of punishment that Ingram got. But hey, it is what it is. The punishments are out. Uh, Big Baby came out. I don't know if you heard his comments. <laughs> oh no, man, what did he say? So Big Baby came out after all of this nonsense and said that Chris Paul is a horrible teammate and he's played with both of them. Do you think it's a little Celtic bias there? Um, possibly, possibly, possibly. Um, did he did he expound on what made him a terrible teammate? No, nah, he didn't expound. He just said that you know Chris Paul is a is a horrible teammate. He played with both of them, and he's got a lot of respect for Rondo. But Chris Paul was you know basically when you know Big Baby was the Clippers for a couple of seasons, uh, and he basically was playing with Chris Paul for a little bit. And I guess from his observation, he felt that. Chris Paul is a horrible teammate in comparison to Rondo. And he, he basically was just saying that, you know, everybody's trying to paint Rondo as the bad guy because of the whole spit thing. But he said uh, Chris Paul is a pretty much terrible person. Um, I don't know, man. Like, like this this fight wasn't over who was the worst teammate. This fight was over uh, a lot of tension that had been building up. Rondo spit on him. And then they, they just started throwing them hands, man. Like I don't, I don't see why Big Baby needs to start bringing up who was the better teammate. Like now, it just looks like you got something personal against Chris Paul. Like that, that was never up for debate. Who was the better teammate? Yeah. So it's like whatever, whatever, Big Baby. Like worry, worry about your court case, man. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yo, did you hear what Shannon Sharp? <laughs> what Shannon Sharp had to say? A little bit, but I don't remember. I was kind of glancing through everybody's shows just to see different takes from the incident. But I saw a little bit of Shannon Sharp. I know he said he wouldn't. I know he went back to the whole Bill Romanowski thing when he spit in J.J. Stokes' face back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was saying basically, he was like, man, you spit on me. Man, break out the barbecue grills because this is about to be some smoke. smoke. You can't say that. Hey. Hey, Shannon, one, yo, Shannon is, is, I can't stand Shannon's love for LeBron James, but he say some classic lines, man. He does, man. He does. He, he full of quotables, man. <laughs> I, I love his, I love his Hennessy and Switch and Sweep collection, too. Oh, did you hear the remix? No. Oh, I got to send you that, man. I got to send you that. They made a remix to the Swisher comment that he made. Made a beat out of it. <laughs> It's pretty dope, man. It's pretty dope. Man, I'm, I'm going to send you that after the show. Immediately. Cool, cool. If, if y'all haven't seen it, you know, go on YouTube. You'll find You find anything on YouTube. You find how, how to fix computers. You find out how to, you know, be on time for your elders' means. All that stuff. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, getting on to our, our next segment, just your, your final thoughts on... Uh, this Rondo CP3 thing, or we want to want to move on. Uh, my final thoughts was it's it's a it's a great gift. It's an early <laughs> it's an early holiday gift for, for, for us NBA fans, man. It's like oh, big time. 
you know, like we haven't seen anything like this in a long time. And I thought the suspensions were appropriate. People need to stop whining about, you know, let's move on, man. Let's move on. Hey, I, I think I got a conspiracy theory. I think I think Brandon Ingram is one of our fellow listeners to the show. And I think he heard he listened to our punch jump, jump up to get beat down show two weeks ago and said, hold my beer. <laughs> so oh, I sure hope so, man. I sure hope so. So so we're going to pay some bills on our commercial break and then we'll be right back. We got baby, 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 spare ribs, roast beef, hot links, and more to give. Cube steaks, hot dogs, real tips, ooh, pork chops, turkey wings, and chicken wings, too. Give me a wave if you like catfish. Jump up if it's your favorite dish. Tommy likes ribs and chicken wings. If you like you, let me hear you scream. Wave for catfish. Scream for ribs. Yes, sir. All right. So what we got next, man? All right. So we don't have time to. It's been a lot of NBA since our show. Uh, we kicked off the NBA season with our award show. A lot of basketball is happening, but we don't have time to talk about all of these games. So, and I just want to ask you, any games have that has stood out to you the most since the NBA season started? Any players jump out? Anything that has caught your attention during since the first week of the season is official. Um, I'll keep this brief. Um, of course, the first game we, we just discussed, like the, the, the Houston Rockets and the Lakers, um, uh, Lance Stevenson's uh, leadership skills uh, being on display. Uh, yeah. That's the uh, headline right there. Not the fight, but Lance Stevenson. Right. Um, number three, um, Denver is undefeated right now. <laughs> We've been talking about Denver, haven't we? Um, you know, I actually predicted them to get get in at the eighth seed for the playoffs, but they they might they might get like fifth or sixth seed, man. Man, they looking good. A Jokic, he is a monster. A perfect triple double. Like Russell Westbrook averaged triple double two years in a row, but never went perfect from the field. I don't think. Yeah, man, that's 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 dude's got skills, man. They they are they are on their way up. Uh, when you when you hit me up with a note and, and asking about games that matter, I thought you meant like future games or so, just games in the past. Since we really had time to, you know, just your take on what's been happening so far. Man, um, like I said, that's what stood out. Of course, the, the, the uh, Houston versus the Lakers game, Denver's per- perfect record so far. Uh, Lance Stevenson. Uh, for future games that matter for me, man, I can't wait to see what happens when Toronto plays the Spurs, and I can't wait to see what happens when Utah plays Denver. Like, those are two teams mm-hmm. that are on the come up, and mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to see Utah and Denver slug it out. Yeah, me too. Get interesting things that I got from last week. Um, Toronto's for real. I mean, with Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard looks like he he's, he's back to... Old boring San Antonio, um, Soul Box. <laughs> <laughs> he looks good, man. He looks good. Do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they should add a, the Kawhi Leonard laugh after that scene, and they need to go back and re-edit that. 
<laughs> Dude, I, I might just do that myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Toronto, Toronto was good. But I'm, I'm, I sent you a text last night, man, and uh, one of your predictions that I was shocked at looks like uh, the Pistons are off to a great start, three and zero. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, I really believe in Dwayne Casey and his coaching ability. Like somebody, uh, looks like someone has done this, but. What I was saying, like, somebody needs to come along and slap Blake Griffin in the face and shake him out of his stupor and be like, dude, you're in the Eastern Conference. Like, you need to make a noise, man. Like, you, you, you can be one of the, the faces of the conference right now. Like, you know, you got the tools to do it. And, you know, I think that's what happened, man. Blake Griffin showed up big time with the game winner. 50-point game, too, man. Like, that's the Blake, that's the Blake I want to see. Man. Exactly. And, See, and Andre Drummond and fouled out. So, Dude, that was a funny exchange between him and Joel Embiid. Did you see that? I didn't see the exchange. I heard about it, but basically, I heard Embiid was like on flopping stuff. Well, he did that just the second year in a row. He's gotten Drummond ejected, <laughs> and in in both times, you see Embiid like get him out of here, encouraging the ref, go on, send him out, send him out, get him out of here. And the next thing you know. Uh, he was ejected out of the game, so it's a little rivalry starting to build up between uh, DeAndre John- Drummond and Joel Embiid. And I, actually, after this, I'm rooting for the Pistons to have a successful season because I would love to see Detroit and Philly in the series because that's going to bring back. You know, you missed the days of the. Uh, I was just watching this video called Beef History between um, Alonzo Mourning and Larry Johnson, and I'm like, man. This, that's what's missing. I, I'm missing these big men getting into it, man. All these Draymond Green, all these shorties, Rondo, Chris Paul. What about the big man? Where's the beat between the big man? And we got Embiid and Drummond going at it. I love that, man. Yeah, man. But Drummond needs to stop falling for that Tom and Jerry stuff, man. Yeah, like, he do. Like, like he's been in the league longer than Embiid, man. It's like Embiid is like, he, he, it's like remember that Tom and Jerry card? <laughs> he be running out He be running out the Jerry. And Jerry would just Jerry would like he would move the mouth hole, like, <laughs> and Tom would just slam into the ball, man. Like that's what that's what Embiid is doing to Drummond right now, man. He like he's taking a bat, baseball bat to his teeth and then turn him into piano. <laughs> and you know, and you know who playing the uh, role of Spike? The remember the the dog. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always mixing up with it. <laughs> it's the refs, man. The refs are Spike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the refs is fighting. <laughs> DeAndre Drummond, you fell for it again. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> looking at Joel and be like, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man. man, he got stop falling for that Tom and Jerry stuff, man. He painted, he painted a, a hole on the wall and, and telling him to run through it. He falling for it. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. So yeah, oh, the Detroit. Hey, you you talk them up, man. They look impressive so far. Uh, in the Western Conference, like you said, Denver's four and zero. Golden State, who cares? New Orleans off to a good start. And then um, I'm going to definitely. I'm still keeping an eye on my Dallas Mavericks. And speaking of the Dallas Mavericks, I don't know if you saw. And this is another game I'm gonna highlight. They played the Minnesota Timberwolves over the weekend. 
and Jimmy Butler didn't play in this particular game. And it was a pretty close game. Carl Anthony Towns was at the line, and the Dallas Mavericks fans was chanting, Jimmy Butler. Wow. <laughs> and he missed the free throws. <laughs> wow. Shout out to the Dallas Mavericks fans for that one. Hey, man, dude, it was hilarious. Classic. And then the Minnesota fans, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you saw it, but Jimmy Butler got booed, and then at the end of the game, they call him the MVP. They don't know what they want to do with Jimmy, man. Yeah, they don't. They don't know what they want, and Jimmy don't really don't know what he wants. So, no. um, so wait, wait, did Dallas win that game? Uh, Dallas did win that game. Okay, man. I know yeah, you said without Jimmy Butler, they were a team that was your dark horse pick to be on a come up this year, but I'm still skeptical, man. I'm still skeptical. And you have a right to be. You have a right to be. But I will say this: um, one thing I did spot. I, I spotted a Wesley Matthews showing. So, so far, so good, man. He's been playing well so far the first three games. Just hope he don't get hurt. For sure, for sure. By the way, hey, Blake Griffin. Huh? Play. I say he's a good player, man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. And like I said, everyone who leaves Dame Lillard, man. Yeah, exactly. Something happened to him, man. Dame Lillard got something going on. He got that. He got that. He got that voodoo, man. He got that chick stuff. <laughs> he got that Kim Kardashian juice. He got that right. <laughs> <laughs> he, they leave him. He put the curse of the raggedy man on. Him. Exactly. That's why I'm like, man. They better not trade. They better somebody better not trade for no uh, CJ McCullough. You gonna get a rude awakening? Yeah, he'll fall. He gonna fall apart at his new destination. Exactly. By the way, Blake Griffin leads the league in scoring, so that's a nice little flag. 36 points a game so far this season. Okay, okay. Yep. So, moving on, we got a little brief NFL news. The Bears are not relevant. We'll just get that out the way. Hey, man, I said in the beginning of the season they were going to go 8-8. Eight and eight. Yep. Um, and it's looking like that's how it's going to shape up. I don't want to be down on the Bears too much. Because um, they did lose to the Patriots. The Patriots are a well-oiled machine. The Bears are <laughs> the Bears are getting their footing, but they I like where they're going. I like how they look. Like they're not the games that they've lost have all been winnable, and they they, they haven't lost at any blowout. No, I'm no. not gonna I'm not gonna beat up on the Bears too much. We we are really touched on it. Yeah. Um, it it just it is what it is with them. Like. You know, everything is contingent. Their success is contingent on their schedule. And judging by their schedule they got coming up and the games they got left, I still got them going 8-8. Eight and eight. I know you got them going 9-7. You know, it is what it is. We do this every year with the Bears, man. Mm-hmm. Bears fans always do this. Well, well, let's look at the schedule. All right, they got they got Green Bay this day. <laughs> they got right, right, right. And that's to go win because they're going to be at home. And then we parse it out, parse it out. And then at the end of the day, they eight and eight, nine and seven. Right. Yeah. Well, they got a winnable game coming up uh, against the Jets, so hopefully they win this next game. I will say this about the Patriots game: I I was very very disappointed in the defensive scheme. I felt. I mean, another thing too, I felt like Khalil Mack shouldn't have played. Um, he, he was clearly not himself. He was he was running on one leg out there, man. Yeah, yeah. I felt like they shouldn't. I felt like when when New England put out the report that Gronk wasn't playing, I felt like, oh well, you don't need Mac. You know, just uh, say all right, let Mac sit out. Let's see how the defense operates without Mac. And 
you know, it was still a winnable game. Even with Mac not playing well, um, they gave up 14 points on special teams. So if you add it up, you know, the Bears, they still outscored them offensively. It's just that, you know, their defense and their special teams play horrible. And then on top of that, you know, Trubisky was a little erratic this week. But like, like I said before, he's going to have ups. He's going to have downs. And Bill Belichick is a master of breaking young quarterbacks. We talked about it in the last show, how Brady has pretty much had his way with younger quarterbacks. So um, no surprise here. I did read something that said it was a column that said Mitchell Trubisky could have had seven touchdowns. And they broke down all seven times which he could have scored a touchdown. And it was legit. I was like, oh, wow. But hey, that, that you can't get those back. He's got to work on it. He's got to get in the film room and get better. But um, I'm ready to call him a bust yet. But um, just give him time, man. It's gonna come and uh, you see what they do against the Jets. But with that said, I want to really get into this next one. Um, Malcolm Jenkins and Eric Reed. Did you see the exchange? I read a little bit about it. Now, you might have to refresh my memory. Like, to my knowledge, okay, so both of them were in support of Colin Kaepernick, correct? Right, right. Okay, and then one of them was supposed to meet with some owners to, what was it, discuss something on how they could bring more awareness to what Colin Kaepernick was taking a stance for. Well, refresh my memory. What happened? Like, all right. So I'm, I'm thinking, is, like, what happened? Y'all was friends, baby. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this this just came out. Uh, so it said the blood between the two stems from Reed splitting from Jenkins, the players' co- coalition, after the organization sought to have the protest during the national anthem stop if the NFL made donations to cause the the so causing the, to causes. The support, the, the group support, I'm sorry. Jenkins group and the NFL agreed to a deal in which the league would donate about 90 million to the organizations supported by players. Reed also wasn't happy Kaepernick was excluded from the meeting on this issue. Uh, here's Reed. He said, We believe a lot of players should have stepped up for Colin Kaepernick. I believe Malcolm capitalized on the situation. He co-opted the movement that was started by Colin to get this organization funded. It's cowardly. He sold us out. So basically, Colin Kaepernick was left out in the middle of these agreements when Jenkins was in position to include Colin Kaepernick in this agreement, but he didn't. So Basically, this is what led to Eric Reed calling him a sellout. Uh, they got into it instantly uh, before the game started. It was kind of like Eric had it. He already had it pinned. Like, I'm about to come for this dude. Like, as soon as we get on the field, as soon as I make eye contact with him, I'm going in. Okay. Okay. So, let me just say, like, I, I kind of disagree with his statements calling him a sellout because, I mean... To his credit, man, at least he's trying to do something, get something positive and productive and progressive done with getting all this money donated to these organizations that are, I guess, tied to uh, the movement Kaepernick started, if I, if I call it, if I mm-hmm. got it correct. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like he got something done. 
Now that's what it sounds like to me. Now the NFL, it's a it's an image problem here. Okay, like you, you want the NFL to be in support of these players, um, and and or I'm sorry, be in support of the movement that the players support. It's all about optics because see, I didn't know about the 90 million being donated until you just told me. Like the NFL has an image problem with them blackballing Kaepernick. For some reason, he's still not playing on the team, um, and they they they're doing everything possible to prevent players from protesting the national anthem or not even protesting the national anthem, just kneeling during the national anthem. So it's like, you know, yeah, they could donate this money. That's that's good, mm-hmm. but the NFL's real problem is the image problem. I think that's what Reed is hung up on, and yeah. to be like, yeah, we're gonna stop protesting. You know, that really wasn't Jenkins' call to make. You know, that's an individual decision. Um, but I, I, I disagree with calling him a sellout because he is actually trying to get something done. Now, exactly. That's why I agree with you on. Now, as far as Kaepernick not being included, we don't know if they reached out to Kaepernick or not. You know what I mean? It's, 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 <laughs> it's kind of like... Kaepernick is doing the NFL right now. Right. So, yeah, he probably couldn't be included on that. So... Because I think there's there's a law in the book saying like you cannot work for an organization that you're currently suing. Right. Um, so, hey, it's whatever. Yeah. You know, whether or not they they tried to get them at the negotiation table on on what was to be done, we don't know. You know, it's like, it's like the Watchtower said, like get all the facts. <laughs> like, right, right. Have all the facts. Maybe they reached out to him and he was like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, or I don't see a point to it, or you know, maybe, maybe we don't know. Maybe, maybe Kaepernick talked to uh, Jenkins and was like, "Make sure you ask for A, B, and C." We just don't know. Yeah, but, we don't. But to attack him and call him a sellout, man, I, I kind of disagree with that. Yeah, and, and, the, and another problem that I have with this is that you know we're sitting here, you know, these are two very, very well respected. NFL players um, Jenkins is well respected throughout the league you know Reed is respected for what for him taking up taking the stand it's like man you guys need each other more than ever at this point you know the last thing that the last image that you need to put in front of the NFL is that image of yeah. going at it like it's, it's a barbecue a, a fight at the barbecue you know yep yep you know yeah it's yeah, it's it's bad for what they're trying to achieve, or or, or yeah, for their call. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So I'm gonna keep my eye out on this story. Uh, you know, no no new news have came out since that whole altercation. But again, I got respect for both of those players. But I agree with you, and I don't think um, Malcolm Jenkins is a sellout by any means. Uh, he's a rare respected player. He's a very good player. He knows what he's doing. And uh, he's he actually took action, and there's a lot of NFL players in, in the league that Eric Reed could attack because they ain't doing nothing. So if you're going to attack Malcolm Jenkins, attack the ones that ain't doing nothing too. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right. So yeah, with that said, that ends our sports segment. Now we're about to go to the table, the music table. We're about to have a nice discussion. And I was looking forward to this one, man. I, I we, we th- this segment is called True Hip Hop Stories, and we're gonna be telling stories about 
true hip hop events <laughs> in our lives, in our childhood, or whatever the case may be. So, Ian, me and you grew up as witnesses. Hip hop was not the most pop popular music amongst Jehovah's Organization, <laughs> to say the least. I mean, it was it was it was probably it, it, it wasn't as unpopular as heavy metal. <laughs> True, true. As as a matter of fact, those were, it was kind of boxed out. It was singled out as far as what type of music did you listen to? Like, if you look at old articles in the 90s and in the 80s, do you listen to heavy metal? Do you listen to rock and roll? Uh, do you, I mean, do you listen to uh, hip hop or rap? They don't say hip hop, they say rap, you know. So now it's, it was ingrained, especially in our culture, that, you know, rap is bad all of it heavy metal is bad all of it which i agree with that <laughs> but there are pos there is positive hip-hop out there now over the years the branch has changed that tune in regards to music now it's not generalized into one category it's it's now it's all about what it's saying in the lyrics what what are the lyrics saying that's what the branch is concerned about what are the lyrics saying not necessarily i know my my parents actually told me when they first came in the truth they were very the the organization was very vocal against disco wow yeah yeah i remember the brother telling me that too yeah, but I ain't mean to cut you off, so go ahead. No, no, no. Good point. Good point. But uh, I say all that to say this. Growing up, hip-hop was everywhere. It was accessible. Me and you, Ian, we have we have passed behind our parents' back. It's not a fair story. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, I am not promoting you young ones to do the same thing that I did. Just telling the story. That's all. And you learn from the stories. So one day, and now this was I think I was a junior in high school. I was a junior in high school and I started building, you know, I was making some money. I was working at the jewel on shouts out to the jewel on 75th and Stony Island. I used to work at that jewel over there. A lot of stuff went down. It was next to a gold plats that always got robbed. That's how the gold blast too. <laughs> but uh That's why they went out of business. They kept getting robbed. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Like man, we all bleed money in the city. <laughs> <laughs> so look, so I was so I was you know, you working at Jewels, you're making like six dollars an hour. You know, that was a lot of money back then. So I'm you know, building enough mo- enough money to buy CDs and stuff like that so uh, one day you know my CD collection started to build up because it used to be a record store right off 87 oh uh, Coop's record yep Coop's record I used to buy my, my CDs from there and I would build up my CD collection I had ELE I had albums like not ELE but was that When Disaster Strikes um, a couple of other albums that I can't remember I when does when disaster strike stands out the most because it goes along with my story. So, you know, I had the little, you know, those little CD cases you buy. I had my little, I had the thinnest one that I could find because I didn't want to be so bulky. Because when I when I had it, you know, I wanted to not 
bulge out, you know what I mean, at the crib, you know, and your mom looking around in the house like, oh, what's that? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, a mouse trying to get in. Uh, you know, <laughs> it wouldn't work. <laughs> so I was on my way to school one day and I forgot to bring my CDs. So I'm like, I didn't realize it until I got on the bus. Because I was about to, I already had a CD in my CD player. So I was about to go in my bag and switch CDs. So I go in my bag and I'm like, oh, I left my CDs. Oh, it's all good. I'm thinking I'm hiding it in a good place. I'll be all right. Now, I went to Jones Commercial. So I had to take the bus. I can't just get off the bus and be like, oh, I'm going to make a U-turn, go home, grab my CDs. And then come back on the bus. No, I'm going to be late for school. So I got to take the bus to the red line, take the red line to Harrison on downtown. I'm at, you know, Jones. Come back home. Feeling good. Had a good day. I go in my room. CD's gone, man. CD's gone. Oh, wow. This ain't good, man. This ain't good. (laughs) Where my CD's? Hey, hey, Rodney. Hey, Rodney, did you start sweating on the inside? Bro, I was sweating in places I didn't know I could sweat. Dude, I'm sitting there like, and I'm looking at my cat, Jerry, his hair standing up. I'm like, man, how the cat know I'm about to be in trouble? So I'm sitting there like, man, where's my CDs? I'm, I'm getting nervous. I'm running around the house. Jerry's following me. Like, the, the cat, the cat felt the wrath of Mimi coming. <laughs> so I get, I'm like, man, okay. If I get, maybe my mom caught my CDs. I don't know. I'm thinking the worst because that's the worst I would think. I get home. I mean, my mom get home from work. She ain't say nothing. She ain't say nothing about the CDs. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You thinking to yourself, you're good, right? So she's making dinner. Mom ain't made dinner in a long time. I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, okay, mom making dinner. She making tacos, you know, with the special sauce. I'm like, okay, let's go. Eating tacos in the kitchen. My mom started quoting rhymes from when disaster strikes. Oh, what? I'm like, wait a minute, huh? She's like, oh, I, you like music like that, don't you? I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, Rodney, you wasn't going to crack under pressure, huh? No, I wasn't going to crack under pressure. I said, no, I don't know what you're talking about, man. If you you get jammed up, don't mention my name. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, she's sitting there, she's like, uh, well, oh, you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, How about I'll play it for you? I said, play what? Bust around? You got that new bus around? So I'm acting dumbfounded with her. Man, she pull out that CD. When the passive strikes, puts it in the CD player. Start playing uh, The Whole World's Looking at Me. Man. That wasn't on... Uh... Oh, that was, you said that was Disaster Strikes. Okay. Yeah, that was Disaster Strikes. She played The Whole World's Looking at Me. She listening to it on her headphones, though. Not, not loud. So she repeating all the curse words. That he's saying on the on the album, and then the next thing you know, she takes the CD and breaks it. <laughs> she don't ever break that filth in my house. What? This filth. You listen to all of this filth. <laughs> <What? laughs> 
and I got up and I was like, I was like, Ma, that's just one CD. She like, uh-uh, no, I got all your CDs. I threw all those, I threw all that trash in the garbage. What? She threw it all in the garbage, man. All in the garbage. I was like, oh, had to talk to the brothers. It was, it was, it was nasty, man. It, it was nasty. <laughs> I received some heavy counsel from Don Barry and shout out to Don Barry, uh, Morgan, Fred Morgan. Oh, you know. rest in peace, brother Morgan. <laughs> yeah, rest, yes, definitely. Fred Morgan had to drop that knowledge on me, man. And shoot, that was a rap, dog. That was a rap. I had to. So she got every single rap CD you had, huh? She got every single rap CD you had. All my C. See, I didn't have that many CD. I still had a lot of cassettes. So I still had, you know, I didn't have that many CDs because I was working at Jewel. I'm making $6 an hour. You know, I can only afford one CD per pay, you know, per paycheck. So it had to be like at least five or six CDs in there at that point. Oh. And, you know, they was in heavy rotation and boom, she, she threw it out. I think Equipment I was in there too, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, no, no. Equipment I wasn't in there. Uh, DMX was in there. <laughs> The first album. Oh man, I got a DMX story, but I'll, I'll let you <laughs> Yeah, it, it was a dark, it was a dark DMX album, and, and, and she threw that away. And she checked in. Now all my cassettes, she couldn't get me on my cassettes. She, she, because she said she told me she listened to the cassettes too to make sure I didn't have more. So she listened to the cassettes, and I and I told her I said, hey, well, all the cassettes, you know, I, I recorded off the radio. That was it. That that's nothing. You know, ain't nothing bad right there. It was just the CDs. So that was it, man. Man, dude, my my parents they they never got me for everything at once. My parents would do like periodic raids, and like each raid, I would probably lose about thirty to forty percent of my collection. And wow! Like, and like I would just I was dude, I was so hard headed. I would buy it again, man. Buy it again. <laughs> But my collection, my collection, I, I, I dispersed it. I hid it in like several different spots, kind of like a dismembered body, man. It was, <laughs> it was crazy because I had, I had some of it in shoe boxes. Then like my, my clean CDs, I would actually keep in my CD tower on display in my room. But then I had the other stuff, the more, you know, explicit stuff in like shoe boxes and the closet. I had like an old briefcase I would keep CDs and tapes in. Then I had like another little high spot under the bed. Um, <laughs> Bro, you was like Hannibal Lecter with them CDs, man. <laughs> I was, man. It was like, like I said, it was like at several spots, like a dismembered body, man. Like, <laughs> I, know, I, I know where the other CD is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I had other stuff in the attic, like like with my with my um with my source magazines, you know. <laughs> oh man! Wow. But, Dude, um, but you the story the story I wanted to share actually wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a, a a bust on me. It was actually a bust on my brother. Okay. And my <laughs> my older brother had bought the cassette single. I think I shared this story on Vibes and stuff. He had bought the cassette single of Jay Z and DMX, um, "Money Cash Hole." Oh, it was you know a, what? I did hear this story, but go ahead. <laughs> it was a white cassette. So my dad found it. I can't remember where he found it, how he found it, 
But my dad, he would do the thing where he when he would find like a, a bad CD, he would play it on the on the um, big stereo in the living room to like you know to shame us into into admitting that this was filthy music. And like he was like he called me and my brother downstairs and he put the tape in and I I could see the tape and what color it was. I knew instantly. I'm like, man, I don't think that's what's mine. So he played it, man, and that beat came on. And that DMX growl came in. <laughs> and then he went in with the hook, money cash holes. And I was like, who's is this? And I was like, not mine. And I ran. <laughs> I ran. <laughs> and Jerry, of course, Jerry had to, he got busted, man. And my dad, I never forget him. My dad took the tape out. He read the title. He was like, money cash holes. Two of these are the same thing. <laughs> It didn't. The, the the song didn't make sense. That you think about it. I was like, yeah, I guess it is repetitive when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says two of the same things. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, hilarious, man. Hilarious. And the funny thing was, man, he wasn't even, like, between the two of us, like, his collection was nothing compared to my collection. Yeah. Yeah, Ian was a jazz head. I mean, Dre was a jazz head. Yeah, yeah, still is. Still is. Yeah. So, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, Dre told me that story, man. It, it was, <laughs> it's, it's definitely hilarious coming from his end because he's got the rest of the story that happened from his end. Oh, wow. <laughs> After you ran out. <laughs> yeah, that's where it ended. You did that little, uh, remember Steven off the Cosby's, a little white kid that would run out every time Rudy get in trouble? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just running out like, Mm-mm, that ain't me. <laughs> Oh man. Well yeah, uh real quick before we uh move on to our last segment, I just wanted to ask you this question. I know I don't know if you guys touched on any vibes and stuff, but I wanted to get your opinion on it cuz I feel like yeah, me and you talk about 80s hip hop a lot. And I just want to ask you, do you think 80s hip hop is overrated? Um overall, that's a good question, man. I I'm gonna say we. I'm gonna go with a yes and a no because there are certain groups who who had their heyday during the '80s that I feel are overrated. But overall, I don't feel that the '80s hip hop is overrated because you had some really good albums come out in the '80s, man. Um, now groups like Run DMC, Houdini, BC Boys, shoot, even NWA to a certain extent, I felt that they were kind of overrated. Yeah. Like, I don't rock with, and I, I know I'll, 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 please don't come after me with pitchforks and torches, but I do not find Run DMC's music, like, appealing at all, man. Like, I get it that they were pioneers, and they, they, they paved the way for a lot of, you know, street rappers and that East Coast sound, but they made some, to me, man, they made some terrible music. I thought Walk This Way is the most overrated hip-hop song ever that they did with Aerosmith, and it's like, Everybody's jumping up and down about it. Oh man, they they merge rock with rap, and I'm like, yeah, but it sounds terrible. Like, <laughs> um, but on the other end, you had you had you had artists like like um, Ultra Magnetic and Seeds with Critical Breakdown and Main Source with Breaking Atoms and Slick Rick and Rock Him and BDP. Like, 
like they were really like leading the charge with a lot of avant-garde hip-hop and really you know uh, 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 progressing the, the, the sound of the music forward in the 80s that I think you know people kind of forget about so like the early 80s hip-hop yeah it's a little overrated but like everything from like 1986 on I think that stuff is great yeah I I uh I agree with you uh, as far as the yes on on the 80s hip hop Ron DMC I I didn't feel like they were overrated but I didn't think they were all that great well maybe I'm saying okay well maybe they are overrated if I'm saying they're not great Um, a lot of I think it was popcorn music at the time you know Ron DMC was kind of like what would be labeled as a sellout artist in the 90s like you know comparison to like the MC Hammer of the 90s or the Nelly of 2000s or even now with Migos you know it was kind of like that this was the thing you know this was it Ron DMC was the group and everybody else was under that or you know and everybody under that they were either too lyrical or too hardcore you know, Ron DMC played it safe with a lot of their music, even though it was still kind of, it was more outspoken, but it wasn't like a NWA where it was just like, you know, shoot the police and all that other stuff. Yeah. You still had, I, I do agree that the 80s did supply you with some of the most classic albums, um, Strictly Business by EPMD. I forgot about EPMD. I forgot about LL. Yeah, LL's first couple of albums were amazing. Like, those were some great albums. Um, the Beastie Boys' first album was amazing. You had KRS-One, um, the Boogie Down Productions. Uh, that was great. Uh, Slick Rick had a great Criminal Minded. Um, you know, De La Soul's first album. Follow the Leader, man. Oh, yeah, yeah De La Soul's Three High Rising came out in the 80s. Yep, sure did. Yeah. Definitely paid game in full. changer too. It was a game changer. Exactly paid in full. Uh, Big Daddy Kane, like a lot of those artists, came out with some very very good music. But I think the reason why the eighties is dubbed as overrated is because you had so many other artists who were just shooting for that number one hit and would give you a good hit, but not necessarily good albums, and it wasn't even good songs. It was just like, you could tell it was like something to get the crowd jumping or get the crowd dancing and everything, and then they, they turn out to be one-hit wonders later on. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Rob Bass and, uh, uh, what's the DJ's name? Yeah, Rob Bass and, <laughs> I forgot, I know what you're talking about, but they they only have that one song yeah dj easy rock young mc uh bust the move tone low you know they made a lot of popcorn stuff that you know in, in hindsight looks kind of corny now but you know right. like like some of the groups and some of the albums we just mentioned like like it was some gems that came out the 80s man it, it really was you got to do a little digging but it was some true gems you know it, and, and and you know rap was still getting its footing it was still like you know in that explorative stage where it's like, okay, like hip hop can sound like this, but it can also sound like that. And it can also be street, and it can also be conscious, and it can also be party music, and it can also have dope storytelling. It, it was just, you know, it was still finding its footing, and a lot of artists got it right, and a lot of artists got it wrong. You know? Yeah. Um, but, but overall, like, like, 
I I appreciate the 80s hip hop, you know, and because it fared right into the 90s. It set the foundation for the 90s hip hop, which I feel was the best era. But that's just me, you know. Yeah, I <laughs> feel the same way. They actually, the 80s kind of gave birth at the end. I would say the latter part of the 80s was the best part of the 80s, like 88 and up, because then you had the birth of Nice and Smooth, you had the birth of EPMD. Big Daddy Kane was holding down for a little bit um, until boy issues. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Fuji rap, Fuji rap. Yeah, Fuji rap, Houdini. Uh, then you had uh, Fresh Prince. You know, even though I, I, I remember uh, Reggie shouted out Fresh Prince album back in the day, um, but Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff had decent material back then. It, it wasn't it wasn't corny. It fit the moment you know it reached the younger crowd uh it, it was it was different it was a different era um and a lot of found it, found it good too yeah and, uh, and, it, and, and then too in the 80s there were a lot of simplistic beats that constantly gets recycled from other artists who come out with music even to this day to try to i'm gonna i'm gonna take for example tribe called quest right uh bonita applebaum how many times are we gonna hear that drum kick in everybody's songs? And that and that and that sitar, that little sitar yes. uh, lick that they that they loop in the in the beat as well. Like it's you hear it used over and over again, like here and there. Exactly. So, and the ones who know where it came from, it's like it's it's it's, it's like a it's almost like a smoke signal. It's like like not everyone's gonna not everyone's gonna notice this, but the ones who know know. No, no. The paid and fool beat, you know, boom, the boom, the boom. I mean, how many times have we heard that over and over? Or, or the um, top top billing by Audio Two. Oh, oh, yeah, exactly. You know that little beat that they'll they'll throw in a song here and there, like real quick little snippet. It's like. Yeah, yeah, like like for for production heads and you know older b boys like us, like you, you catch that stuff. It's like, yeah, I I peep I peep I peep a little homage, you know. I, I dig it. I dig it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So at the end of the day, like you know, eighties had their. I will say this: eighties had hip hop had their overrated moments, but then they also had uh, underrated moments where, you know. You got some of the. It gave birth to some of the most classic albums that we still listen to to this day, and a lot of artists that come out now are still inspired by and inspired in their music to this day as well. So, yep, that about wraps up our music table discussion. We're gonna go on to our last segment. Which restaurant gets the theater space? Now, theater space, theater space, theater space. So man, first I want to send a shout out to uh, White Castle, man. I don't know if you've tried their Impossible Sliders, these, these vegan burgers, but dude, they are delicious. They are, dude. I was. They taste better than the actual White Castle burgers. <laughs> I haven't had a White Castle burger in years, so I probably think it tastes good too. Man, dude, it's delicious, and they're and they're thick too, like. Uh, shout out to White Castle, man. It, it's it's a del- okay. It's a delicious invention, and, and it's a collaborative effort with Wu Tang Clan. And like, 
because I do appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's what made me go get it, man. I'm like, okay, White Castle Watch rocking with the. Let me, let me check out these burgers, man. And they were delicious, dude. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Wu-Tang fan. Like, like they actually taste good. You know, I I, I had read that Rizza Jizza and um, Master Keller were vegan. Um, so, you know, I guess it was kind of natural for them to kind of uh, go in with this cross-branding cross with these Impossible Sliders. But they're pretty good. But back okay. to the dead face, man. Okay. The spot that gets the dead face this week. The Chili's on 119th and Marshall. I'm glad I ain't going to that one. Man, dude, never go there, dude. Never go there. Dude, you could be the only one in the restaurant, and it'll still take them 15 minutes to get you seated. What? You, yes. You walk in. You walk in. There's no. There's rarely a hostess at the, at the front door. So you just kind of stand around. Then somebody finally makes their way out. You get to your table. Hopefully in, in a in a timely manner, dude. The the, the the menus be filthy. It be it be all kinds of like dried sauce here in front of the menus. Um, but what I but I what I wanted to get on one time, like I we, me and my wife, we didn't feel like actually dining in. So she 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 went on the internet, put in an order for for pickup. Um, we put in the order. Um, I forgot what we ordered, but we put in the order. They send a receipt to your phone saying, "Hey, you can pick this up in 20 minutes." So I shoot on out there to do the, to get the pick up the food or whatever. I get I go to the uh, to the pickup desk, and they're looking around in the system for my name. Like, wait, well, we ain't got you in here. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So I pull out my phone and I show them the, the online receipt on my phone and what time they, they told me to pick it up. And she looks at my phone and she goes, well, our internet down. I'm like, your internet down? I'm like, well, I'm like, can I get my order? You know, you know, you know, fulfill right here. Like, all right, well, that'll be another 45 minutes. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm already out here. So I'm already pissed, right? But dude, so I wait about, I wait about, yeah, 45 minutes, maybe a little more for my meal. They still got it wrong. They still got the meal wrong. So I had to send it back. It was a bunch of stuff they forgot. I had to send it back, wait like another 15, 20 minutes for them to receive the order. And um, they didn't even they didn't even offer to give me like a free dessert or side for my hour and a half wait and the order that they initially got wrong. <laughs> and dude, tear, tear this place down, man. man. And, and that's that's just one of the many bad experiences I've had there, man. Like I, I try to support local establishments, man, and try to be a man of the people and of the community, man. But that place does not deserve your money. No. Hey, you need to go to the one in Chicago Ridge by me, man. You can see it, get your food right away. You, you'll be all good. <laughs> I know it's a drive, but hey, man, they, they, they ain't going to let you down. Yeah, man, I just started going to the one in River Oaks. Like, forget it. I, I, I'd rather sit on the expressway for a few more miles and just, yeah. just go to that. My, my, uh, I, I just want to ask you a question. Is, is, are there still Leons around? There is one Leon still around, man. I drove by it the other day. Um, I forgot where it was at. Um, just somewhere in the set. Oh, because it's one. It was one on 83rd. I think Cottage Grove. 
for a long oh, time. Oh, um, yeah, didn't they, didn't they turn that into something else? I, I, I don't know. I haven't been in that way in so long, so I was just, that's why I asked if Leon's still open. I know they closed the 179th past Stony Island West or Stony Island. I know they closed that one. They did, yeah. But uh, I didn't. I don't know if they closed the one on 83rd. But I drove by uh, somewhere, man, not too long ago. Um, I can't remember where it was, but yeah, they were definitely still open. So, so, so Leon's goes on my book. Reggie and and Jack and Jason were huge fans of Leon's. I hated Leon's, man. It was first of all, their chicken is not seasoned. All they do is put a chunk full of sauce on your chicken, and it makes it impossible to enjoy. Like, one day, I went with them. I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to go ahead because I was hungry. I needed to get something to eat. I'm like, all right, we'll get some wings. I was with Jason. He's on our way, you know, to the crib. I'm like, yeah, i, I get some Leon's, man. It is what it is. It's on the way. We go in there. I ain't never been in the Leon's before. It was crowded, of course. Get in there. They get to my food. I ask for with, with mouth sauce on it, right? The girl, I kid you not, in the girl, you know those little pumps where they squirt the uh, mouth sauce on your chicken. Yeah, yeah. She couldn't. She was having problems with it, right? So she like trying to squirt, wouldn't come out. She opens the cap and just pours it on my chicken. A glop full of it. And it was like, all right, twist the top back, put the little plastic over it, boom, they'll marinate, whatever. (laughs) So (laughs) that's what I was thinking to myself. I'm like, ah, yeah, marinate. It's not a big deal, you know. Can't never have enough sauce, right? Man, I get home, man. I'm talking about every bite I had to wipe my hands, man. I'm like, dude, this is at least with Harold's. You know, you get a little sauce, but you get a, just the right amount of sauce on your hands, on your fingers, while you while you eating each selected portion of chicken. With Leon's, dude, it, my my fingers was drink. You would think I was doing open heart surgery with my fingers. Wow! While I was eating chicken, and I'm sitting there like, man, I can't even eat this, man. Like, I'm trying to eat the chicken sliding off, it's sliding out of my hand. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like a bar of soap in jail. I <laughs> <laughs> don't drop the chicken, dude. It was terrible, man. I'm like, man, this is. Then one time I tried to give it a chance. I said, you know what? Maybe that was a bad day. I'm gonna go again. I'm gonna check it out. Go again. I went to Leon's again. It was the only thing go. Go in there. Get the same thing I got last time. The girl did had the pump. This time it worked, but she just kept going. I'm like, when's she gonna stop? And I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is a regular thing. They drench their chicken with mouth sauce so heavy to the point that they because they know they don't season their chicken. So they, they just gonna uh-huh. keep with the with the mouth sauce. And I'm like, man, this is terrible. I mean, I got home, I was still struggling. Still struggling. My cat got all excited. He like, oh man, Roddy about to drop some chicken on the floor today. <laughs> he brought Leon's home. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh, you know, and I'm fumbling, chicken falling on the floor. He he grabbing one, taking it with him. I'm like, man, this is garbage, dude. Man, yeah. If they if they got a drowning chicken in sauce, yeah, they they 
that's a bad sign they didn't season it right, man. See, Harold's, man, they, they, they put the just the right amount. Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to save it for next week. I'm going to save it for next week. Yeah, we'll get on Harold's. Yeah, we, we got some. I got some from Harold's, because, too. Because as we know, not all Harold's are created equal. Oh no! As a matter of fact, that will we definitely talk about that. That 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 will cover a whole uh, Dead Space segment right there. Because 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 you got they all might have the name Harold, but they all don't have the same quality food. Oh no! Oh no! And there are certain things you got to look for when you go to Harold's. If they don't have these certain things, you're at the wrong Harold's. But I we'll we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah. So uh, before we end our show. Um, we didn't have any picks for last week. We missed our picks last week, so we'll, you know, we'll text each other the picks. We'll keep you guys posted. Ian's still in the league, but you know, we'll try to we'll, we'll see what happens next week. I'm sure Ian, you had the Patriots beating the Bears, though. I did. I did. Well, uh, yeah, I would have lost that one because I I picked the Bears to win. Because um, the Bears always do that They always win when you least expect it, it w- That's what I was basing it off of Not because I felt like they were better than the Patriots It was just like the Bears This is the type of team that we have this year It's kind of predictable so, Oh real um, quick man uh, On the vibe then man what you, what, what, Did you ever get a chance to check out the uh, Count Basie? Bruh Okay so I, I just got To the first two songs Some came out. I'm going to definitely listen to the whole thing today and then I would definitely give you my uh, drop my opinion on it. Cool, cool. All right, yeah, no rush. Yeah, but that's it. Yeah, that's a dope album. Yeah, I, I did pick. I did pull it. I put it in my feed on my Spotify. So it's definitely sitting there. I'm, I'm definitely gonna listen to it. Um, ain't nobody coming to see you. Award. All right. So, um, ain't nobody coming to see you, man. I gotta give it to the Indiana Pacers. Um, you know their treachery and deceit in, in cutting Lance Stevenson loose <laughs> last last over the summer will not be. Uh, you just won't let it go. It, it, it will not be for, forgotten or forgiven. I, I like I said, like I'm going to write them a strongly worded letter uh, to 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 highlight uh, their their um, their error and, and letting go of the the goat. And this year's my 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 year's pick for MVP. Um, I believe they're two and two right now, but that ain't gonna last. That ain't gonna last. All the people are gonna get burnt out, and, and y'all gonna miss the playoffs. So right for right now, man, ain't nobody coming to see y'all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they are currently, if the playoffs were to start today, they are currently would be in eighth place. But uh, yeah, they're not getting off to a good start. They look good at they're two and zero at home, and they're zero and two on the road. So you know that's not really saying much about it. When a team can't win on the road this early in the season, nah, nah, ain't looking good for you the rest of the season. Nah, not at all. Not at all. My, my ain't no come, nobody come to see you award goes to Lakers games. Bruh, I can only make it to the second quarter, man. And then I'm, 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 I'm in dream world, man. Hey, dude, LeBron, you picked the wrong team to... <laughs> To come to man, I'm I'm used to watching LeBron James with the Cavaliers with the Heat. It'd be the first game if the game come on at 6 p.m. or a game come on at seven. I could you know watch you know the Cleveland Cavaliers or I could watch the Heat and be satisfied. You know I ain't got to sit back and watch the West Coast games at the end of the night because those games don't mean anything. It's gonna be a shootout. 
And now LeBron James, of course, as we know, sold his soul and his rights to the LA Lakers so he could be a movie star. And we got to sit here and watch games to one in the morning, bro. I got, first of all, I got bills to pay. I got to cut. I'm a pioneer. I got field service. I ain't got time to be sitting. I ain't got time to be sitting all night trying to see if the Lakers going to pull out a win or, or, or <laughs> how good they are. Hey, man. Ain't nobody got time for that. No, man. Ain't nobody <laughs> coming to see Lakers games, man. Ain't nobody got time <laughs> for that. It's too yeah, late. Man, like, like, hit me, hit me up with the highlights, man. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> hey. I like, like, I'll watch y'all on Sunday, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. Or if the Lakers are on the road playing against the Eastern Conference team, okay, that's better. That means it's going to come on early. But, man, I ain't trying to watch the Lakers in the Staples Center, man. Or if they playing Golden State or they playing uh, Houston or somebody and they games last at 2 in the morning. No, I ain't got time for that. Not at all, not at all. All right, so last but not least, what you vibing on this week? Man, I am vibing too. Uh, Dave Begun, he's this DJ. He um, he does a lot of really creative mashup albums. He did an album called Marvin J. It's a it's a mashup album with Jay Dilla beats, Marvin Gaye songs. Like it's Marvin Gaye singing over Jay Dilla beats. Man, dude, butter. It is butter. Um, you know what? Uh, and I'm. It's, it's funny how I uh, shouted out Jamil on this show. He actually sent me the link to that, man. Yeah, he, I think he sent it to both of us at the same time. Okay. And um, and I'm also bumping Rock Marciano and DJ Muggs just dropped the album together called Chaos. Man, this, this album, I'm digging this, man. This is some like, this is some like garage music that you bump when you're working on your car or you're sitting in okay. the basement. Sitting in the basement drinking some brandy and shooting some pool, man. It's like Rock is underrated, man. He is, man. At, at first, I wasn't feeling him because his flow was kind of little, little too sleepy for me. He kind of reminded me of like he kind of reminded me of like Master Killer, but with like, but with not as that deep of a voice. Right. He reminded me of like a poor man's Talia Kweli without the preachiness. Mm. Like real, you know. Kind of like a, sh- a street, a more street Talib, yeah. Yeah, he more street Talib, you know. I did like that UN project that he did years ago, um, in two thousand four. That was a great album. Yeah, yeah. that that was man, but that, he was actually the, the the person I liked the least on that album. Like, actually, he was the one I liked the least. <laughs> you know, like the, the the main show was was the production on there, like Pete Rock. Lace that album with some yeah. fire him and Marco Polo, and then the other cats in the group just man, they just took every track and ran with it. But like, yeah, Rock Marciano was actually my least favorite part of that that project. Yeah, yeah. Well, he it sounds like he got better with this album. Yeah, yeah. He 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 he's found his he's found his pocket. You know, he found his pocket, his lane. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put I'm gonna plug this one in. Uh, Greg got on me about this this particular album, but I don't care. I'm still gonna promote it on my podcast. And uh, it's one that I would like to be played at the end of the show. Um, after you play your joint, um, it's by this group called Crog Den, and uh, they had a new album that came out this year, Con Toto El Mundo, which was 
I remember that. I remember you talking about that. Man, this is, this is a great album, man. Yeah. I watched. Talk I watched let's, let's throw that. Let's throw that on in the show, man. Yeah, it's actually the one particular song that I think will vibe well at the end of the show. It's called Mr. White. It's called Mr. White. So I'll send you the link to it. It's, it's a smooth cut. It's off, actually, it's off their first album, The Universe Smiles Upon You, so, um, which is also a dope album. You know, it is a three-piece band, real chill. Um, I even watched some of their live concerts on YouTube, and they, they just, they're just a cold band, man. Uh, they actually come into Chicago in November. Uh, they're going to be playing at the Vic, um, and the prices are pretty cheap. It's only like $30 for a ticket, so... Uh, I've been thinking about grabbing it up and going to go check them out before they get big. But, you know, good music, man. Might, might, might be a, uh, a nice little dating spot, man. Take the wife, nice little night out. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, she appreciate it, you know. So, but uh, other than that, that pretty much wraps up the show. Oh, real quick, man. I want to plug, uh, if you don't mind, I like to plug uh, the Vibes and Stuff podcast. We just dropped our season three premiere. Uh, last night, I believe, and uh, it was a great show, man. We talked about a lot of beats that went down this year. We hacked a lot of stuff. Drake whining over to push the TV still. We touched on that, man. But we got some great episodes coming up. Uh, our next album, Face Off, is going to be Common, Like Water for Chocolate versus Reflection Eternal Train of Thought. Who's going to win out? And then our Ooh. next, our next overrated, underrated segment is going to be uh, Strictly Comedians. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. I like that. Third season, right? Yep, season three, man. We just dropped uh, episode one, and then uh, we hopefully will, if everything goes right with Anchor, <laughs> we'll drop we'll drop uh, uh, episode two next week. Man, Anchor ain't nobody coming to see you, bro. <laughs> Stop trying to cancel these shows, man. We trying to get the people what they want. Right, man. They biting the hand that feeds them. Exactly, man. So, so stop with that, man. Stop with that. We're trying to be uh, a friend out here. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, check that out. New episode uh, just released. So if you got Spotify, if you got Google, you got Apple, whatever podcast um, program that you have, please subscribe, download it. You'll get alerts every time whenever new shows pop up especially with ours magnificent vibes uh you're definitely gonna get a signal whenever we drop a new one so with that said man we out of here till next time all right peace 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 on the whole land stevenson thing it's much to do about nothing i'm actually ashamed listening to some of the players talk listening to some of the media and how folks are reacting to what Lance Stevenson did. It's a small thing. It's not a big deal. Uh, Have we become such sissies, such babies, that we want to make something out of nothing to this level? The guy is blowing in his ear. He's following them when they're walking over to talk to the coach. He's doing things that that qualify as little irritable things. That anybody who has played the game of basketball knows occurs all the time. What I see is a guy in Lance Stevenson who improved vastly, is a high-level competitor, doesn't go out there and act scared to go up against anybody. 
plays hard all the time and by the way is grossly underpaid and deserves his money. If George Hills get eight million a year, don't tell me Lance Stevenson doesn't deserve at least ten. The fact that people would make this out to be some kind of issue that can actually sully his reputation or whatever is utterly ridiculous. It, it, I, I'm just looking at guys, and then you got guys on Miami, you're going to use the word buffoonery. You understand how that connotation being attached to somebody like Lance Stevenson could look? Why don't we be careful with our language here and understand the guy is just competing. If it, it worked the other night, Le, LeBron James scored seven points and the Miami Heat lost. How are we going to sit there and take that and look at Lance Stevenson and have a problem with him? It's ridiculous. Solution, break it up. 